The views, statements and opinions expressed in this episode are solely our own, including our guest, and these do not necessarily represent those of our employers. And I'm VG. Welcome to our podcast, Diversity and Inclusion, Satisfying the Tick Box. In today's episode, we'll be covering LGBTQ+, with a particular focus on coming out. And through our research, we have found a really good definition that we'd like to share with our listeners. Coming out refers to the process that people who are LGBTQ go through as they work to accept their sexual orientation or gender identity and share that identity openly with other people. Coming out is a very brave thing to do, and it's extremely personal and different for everyone. So we have a wonderful and trailblazing guest joining us today, Harry Wordsworth, who will be sharing his personal journey and experiences with us. Welcome, Harry. Could you just give us a quick intro just to let the listeners know who you are and a bit about your story? Yeah, sure. Well, hi, Georgie and VG and all the listeners. I mean, trailblazer. Wow. Thank you for that glowing introduction i've been dying to get on your podcast so thank you very much for uh, for getting me on so um yeah so my what 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 was my coming out story um so you know like a lot of my friends that i've you know that, that i've talked to about this mine came out purely by accident uh, it was all unplanned i was 18 very long time ago uh, heated discussion with my mum uh, despite knowing that i was attracted to the same sex probably around 11 or 12 um she heard from one of her friends that somebody was gay in my school uh and she said oh do you know them uh and you know you have that feeling i knew what what she was doing she was angling there parents always know so i came out in the in the moment and you know for me uh it's such a shame that i kept it bottled up for several years you know this is something i want future generations to avoid so that they can enjoy their teenage years to the fullest uh i've got two boys um 6 and 8 going on 25 and 29. Um, and, you know, we we keep, uh, my husband and I, we, we, we're very open. You know, we answer questions they have. Uh, and we're, we're very open because our view is that we want to give them a solid understanding of what society is, educate them about the family that they're in. So there's no stigma attached to it when they're older. And, you know, um, being Middle Eastern as well, and I know you don't get that name with with Harry Wordsworth, but that's another podcast we can do. I am Middle Eastern. I am Persian. I was worried what would happen following my discussion with my mum. And, you know, to my surprise, I was extremely lucky that my extended family were welcoming. Now, I appreciate and I say this all the time, guys, when I talk to to people about this, this really close subject, but I appreciate it's not the norm for the majority of people. And, and you know, hence days like this. And me speaking up to say, you know what, it's perfectly OK, may just give that one person the confidence to become their authentic self. This is why you're trailblazing, Harry, and thank you for coming on here to share your story with us and our listeners. And I'm going to put the question to you, Georgie. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think my my coming out story was kind of similar. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily me going to my mum and saying, hi, mum, I'm gay. It was more, I was just obsessed with this singer at the time. 
and um, we were on holiday. And my mum sharing was, names? Are we sharing I'm not, names? I'm not going to say names because I'm kind of embarrassed about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she would just we were just walking along. I remember it so clearly, and she just says, "Do you like Do you like this person just more than just their songs?" And I was in my head, I was just there was just a panic, and I was like, "Oh my god, she knows!" So I totally understand that that mums and parents just always know don't they always know always yeah know. no I, I totally agree as well about being open about it I think it, it's it's something that needs to just be spoken about more so it becomes the norm because I think there's still that kind of not stigma but just thoughts around that it's not the normal thing to be in a, a same-sex relationship absolutely and and you know and I think what's really helping um helping us now is not just society, but media and TV and celebrities. I mean, you'll see, um, you know, although I'm part of the, this community, I'm still learning terms um, that, you know, and how can I expect um, allies and people who aren't LGBT plus to know these names if, my, if I'm not educating myself? So a lot of what I do as part of being your authentic self is to help and educate you know, when people um, get bullied or and I don't condone any of that, but when they when they get bullied or um, isolated, you know, it's not because majority of the time the people are bad. They just don't understand. And it's not just about LGBT. It's about mo- a whole intersectionality of of um, of communities. But it's it's how can you educate that person, empower them, mentor them, guide them, support them. But to be able to do that, you need to have the confidence in yourself and be that authentic self. So the more things like this that you guys are brilliantly doing um, will help educate. And I suppose having support, right? You know, it's easier being in a community. Um, you know, when when I was when I was coming out um, twenty plus years ago, society was still advanced, but it's not to where we are today. When you see everything on TV, like open relationships and pansexuality and non-binary and fluid this, fluid that, that that wasn't there at the time, or it certainly wasn't uh, vocalized. But I had a support system. I had friends who I could share my experiences with and just sometimes let them know how I feel and they get it. And I suppose having that that person or people or communities and that support system is, is huge. Sorry, I'm going off trance here, but I get no. really passionate. I get really passionate about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree because I, I definitely. So I came out when I was, I think about fifteen. So it's pretty young still, maybe fourteen, fifteen. But I really put that down to having my auntie, who's um, a lesbian woman, who definitely made me like. I didn't even see her relationships any different to say my parents' relationship, and I think if I didn't have that role model or that person that I could even go and speak to about it there's no way I would have come out that that early so I think it's like you say it's so important to be kind of open and just educate even children on it because if they're ever questioning something they should feel confident and comfortable to go and speak to to someone about it. Georgie I think we should take a moment to give a shout out to your auntie what's her name? Her name's Auntie Mary yeah I just want to say thank you for being there for me if you're listening. Huge shout out to Auntie Mary. And Harry, is there anything else that you'd like to add on top of this? You know, and, and I know we don't mention company names and I, and I talk about this um, for people who follow me, but there is a, a global company that I admire um, that brings childhood memories and, and you know, the stuff you watch on there, the, the power they have globally with children across the world and actually adults 
how still to this day they're not promoting the LGBTQI agenda. They have the power to do that by putting gay characters in or something. They don't do it. And, you know, part of me is, you know, why? You think why? You know, 2023, why? And, you know, Georgie, and you'll you'll, um, probably resonate with this, but 2,000 years ago, if we're in Greece or Rome, this would be the norm. Same-sex relations was the norm. What happened that 2,000 years you fast forward and we are where we are still today in some parts of the world where you get stoned to death, you die, you get ostracized. It's sad. It really is. Yeah, it's, it is sad. And I think um, I think there's the part about why is it not a normal thing? I think there's even with, say, kids TV shows, there are so many opinionated parents that think it's like, oh, if they see a same-sex couple on a cartoon, that their kid's going to automatically be gay. First of all, why is that a problem if they are? Second of all, it's it's a normal thing in society. It shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be kind of yeah hidden from, from their children when they could see a same-sex couple walking down the street. It's exactly the same as seeing a, a man and a woman, to me, anyway. So, you know, from, from, from my experience, you know, two things um, from friends who have been on the journey that I have as well. And people I've spoken to, they've said their parents have shared two reasons why they were scared, upset, angry that they had come out. A, they don't get it. They don't get that. You know, it's not I've gone on the Internet and all of a sudden I'm gay. That's not, <laughs> you know, it's it's you're born with it. And I'm a firm believer of that. You, you know, it's. it's it's science, you know, it's not fiction. Um, and secondly, you know, oh, it's such a shame now because you're not going to give me grandkids. Well, let me tell you, I know I've got two gorgeous boys that we've adopted and I've got a family. I'm married. I lead and I quote a normal life that a heterosexual person has. The laws are there. Um, so that can absolutely happen. But another one of the other feedbacks is everything that people see in media especially in our community, drugs, HIV, they they worry, oh my God, you're all of a sudden going to get HIV and you're going to get into drugs because that's what they see on television. No, educate them, you know, and it's the same with, with anything. Who do you hang out with? You know, who are your friends? It can happen to anybody. Just being gay doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you're going to die of HIV and get into drugs and not be able to bear children and not be able to get married. Let's, continue educating society as a whole and the way that you know me and my husband do it is we we live our life and we're proud of it and we bring our authentic selves but let me tell you took me a long time to get to where I am and have been um in my 20s you know I was kind of getting there because I didn't care in my 30s I got a bit more confidence but in my 40s and I say that as if I'm towards the latter end of 40 I'm just at the beginning end of 40 (laughs) Not that that's that's a matter anyway. You really don't care because you you you're, you're happy with who you are, and if the people around you don't want to be with you, don't be with me. I've got friends. I don't I don't need it. Wow, Harry, that was a powerful message and one that's going to resonate with our listeners, but also society. And uh, coming back to the point that we made earlier, this is exactly why you are a trailblazer. I want to point out something. You mentioned that you're you're very far off 18, but you've got a youthful skin that I'm jealous about. It's a great filter on Zoom, you've got a great filter. So, Harry and, and, and Georgia, I'm going to put it to you. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is nervous about coming out? 
for me, recognising, say, a friend who I can trust wholeheartedly, I think just starting small, just go to that friend and say, I've got something that I want to talk to you about. Um, I hope you don't, I don't know, judge me for it. And if they do, then that's that's their problem. But I think just finding that one person that you really trust before kind of blurting it out to everyone just in case because it is it's a process isn't it it's kind of you want to feel comfortable and you want to have a good experience first so I think going to that that friend that you really trust um Harry over to you (laughs) yeah no yeah really well said really well said Georgie and I think what I would say is um do it in your own time there's never any right or wrong advice but do it only when you're ready you know, mine came out in a, a heated discussion. Was I ready? Did I plan it? No, it came out, but it, it, it was right at that time. There's no time pressures. There really is no time pressures. All I'd say is it's always been an enormous relief when I've told people, you know, and I continue to have to tell people even today. Uh, and most people are wonderful. Uh, some people even these days have bigoted views, but it's even so, it's always a relief. Hiding something as important as this has always felt like a burden to me, right? And if I cannot offer any support to anyone feeling nervous, you know, I'm always available. So please reach out to me. And there's there's, there's many people who would listen and just empower and educate and just, just someone to talk to, right? But do it in your own time. Thank you, Harry and Georgie, for sharing your thoughts. And um I want to ask you both something quite personal. I've um, dealt with numerous homophobic hate crime incidents uh, during my time in the police. Have you both had any such experiences and are you comfortable enough to share it with our listeners? Um, I'd be silly to say no, actually, because I'm sure I would have encountered homophobia somewhere in my gay career. Let's call it my gay career. But do you know what? I think having that resilience, but having that family and friend support network that I, and I want to caveat this, that I've been extremely lucky to have because not a lot of people have this, but because I've had that bubble around me, it's enabled me to develop myself and have belief in myself um, and use that belief to empower myself from a career perspective, from a, a, a relationship perspective So anyone who is homophobic, whether they directly say it to my face or indirectly, I've always just let it go. And I think I've I've a couple of instances where, you know, and I used to work in financial services in the early noughties. Right. Um, And I and I love that industry and I have some great friends still to this day. But it was very much middle aged Caucasian males who were stuck in their ways. Right. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it's. They weren't educated. They weren't given a chance to understand how I was feeling, you know, Um, but any homophobia that came my way, I would always turn it around. And actually, I have fantastic relationships with heterosexual people, with with LGBT plus people. I just love people. I'm a people person. Right. So I try and turn things around. And if if anyone is obviously giving me that abuse, uh, you know, you deal with it. You deal with it in ways. But it, it takes time. Right. But going back, and this is a long-winded answer, but it's because I've had that bubble around me of love and support. And that's all I would ever wish to to your listeners. And to get that, 
they already have it. They already have it. Even if they don't feel it, they have it. But be your authentic self, empower yourself, and things will align for you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, having that support system, if any homophobia comes your way, you know that you've got people you can talk to about it and you know that you're supported by them and that all that ma- that's all that really matters. I think I've had a few instances. I would say it's more indirect homophobia. So I've had comments from people saying like, oh, you're too pretty to be gay or you just haven't found the right guy. I wish I had those comments, Georgie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a backhanded compliment really isn't it but it's just yeah I think it's just things I think they're very ignorant things to say because what what's that saying about a gay person oh they're not pretty or like do you know what I mean so I've I mean when people say that I just take that as kind of uneducated things that they're saying but also um a more direct experience that I had was at uni I was just sticking up for one of my friends, her ex-boyfriend, you know, one of those situations. And he turned around and said, shut up, you effing dyke. And that is the first time that I had ever experienced someone calling me a name like that. I didn't really know. I was speechless for for a while because I didn't really know how to respond. I think that also comes down to just ignorance and just, yeah, nastiness really, isn't it? That's absolutely appalling and it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere. And uh, from my experience as well, dealing directly with such incidents, uh, often the perpetrator may be under the influence of alcohol, drugs or anything related. And um, that's not an excuse either. It's unacceptable. Thank you for sharing that, Harry and and Georgie, because like like I said, it is personal to you guys. So just moving to the the workplace a little bit, um... What are some of the barriers for LGBTQ plus people to to come out in the workplace from your perspective, Harry? Yeah, really good question. Um, too many. 2023, too many. You know, there's 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 a, a lack of both. And I'm talking from my own experiences here. So this is nothing to do with my employee. These are my own personal views. There's a lack of both diversity in organizations and a lack of, of awareness regarding LGBTQI plus issues. I'd try to say that quickly 10 times. Um, it's still the case that many cisgen, you know, cisgender and heterosexual people don't understand sexuality or gender issues. Very big difference is sexuality and gender. They've only ever understood the binary, right? And, and I've said this throughout the podcast, that education is the key here. Uh, and I'm pleased to see, for example, in primary schools now that family dynamics and LGBTQ plus issues are now being taught at every level. You know, there are many different types of families and people but it's it's when this is normalized that children then grow up without any prejudice towards us. Right. And when we're in the workplace, we're older. You know, none of us were educated in schools about these issues, or I certainly wasn't. There are still many people who hold those bigoted views, whether subconsciously or not, which is a huge barrier for us. But we can face judgment before we've ever begun to perform our jobs. And it can be intimidating. Right. And again, the key here is to educate in the workplace, because let me tell you, Nobody is too old for education. I mean, what do what do you think, Georgie? As 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 the youth coming up, what what's been your your experience? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I think um, for me, around kind of in the workplace, you feel like you have to come out to every single new person that you meet at work, and I think for me that can 
sometimes be a bit stressful I'm, I think it depends on the person I think it's just how they're going to receive but then it's another point where maybe I shouldn't be so nervous about it I think maybe that's something that I need to work on and I mean I'm so proud about it I, I don't hide it at all I tell everyone it's some it's part of my identity but I think there is that element at work it's kind of it's a bit less informal than just meeting people out of the pub let's say I think it's that feeling that you have to keep coming out do you know what coming out isn't doesn't define you it's not you are Georgie and I am Harry regardless of my sex and gender you know it shouldn't define who you are it's a part of your journey through life but it doesn't it's not the the entire definition of who you are as a person right and I and I I say this because mum said to me I don't care that you're gay. I'm here. I love you. You're still my Harry and you always will be. Only time I've broken down in tears in front of mum. Oh, that's so nice though. That is so lovely. Yeah. And so Harry and uh, Georgie, then I'm going to ask you in terms of, you've heard the term code switching and it's the act of changing your behaviours, including your speech or the way you dress and so forth to basically just try and fit in um, into, into a different cultural norm. Have you both experienced this in in the workplace or anywhere in your personal life? So, yeah, I I have experienced uh, code switching and you called it code switching, right? I've learned something today, code switching. I'm going to write that down. So absolutely. I, I, like I said, I worked in financial services and I don't want to hone in on that industry because they're actually very progressive now and some great stuff. But that was, that's 15 years of my career before I am where I am. 15 years, you know, of of 20 odd years was in financial services. So this is this is my experience. Initially, uh, absolutely. I had a girlfriend. Um, I didn't have kids because that would have been too complicated of a lie to carry on that story and and all that. But I had a girlfriend. And I put in brackets because that's what they wanted to hear. I was out with the lads. Um, We were drinking pints. And I put all this because actually for people who knew who know me, I love doing that. Majority of my friends are heterosexual and I wind them up being gay. Actually, it's funny to watch and I will drink pints, but I'm the wine drinker. I'm everything that you would probably label me as, which I don't care. Label me, whatever. But I did that. Absolutely. The dress, um, you know, I've, I've always been Harry. I've worn what I've worn. Um, but yeah, do I like rugby? Absolutely. I'd love to go and see it. Can't stand the thing. I have no idea. Do I love football? Love it. Yeah. Man United supporter. I know nothing about football. So, yes, I did go through code switching. And let me tell you, I'll never do it again. And I haven't done it for a decade, touch wood. But people do. People do. And it's it's not authentic. It's not authentic. Especially when they start asking you, oh, did you watch the the game last night? And who was your favourite player? I'm like, oh, God, I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) Thank you so much for your honesty, Harry. I think that's that's something that is still happening. Yeah, I think I think for me, there's been times where because I used to play for a girls football team and that's kind of seen as a stereotypical lesbian thing to do. I love a pint, but I've owned it. I've never really thought, oh, I'm just I'm going to drink a a cocktail tonight. I'm always up for a pint. I'm always I'm always up for playing a bit of football, you know. So I think it's just owning owning your identity. And um, I think it's just really empowering, to be honest. I just had another question for you, Harry. What what do you think are some ways that companies that you've worked at support their LGBTQ plus employees? Are there any kind of standout things that some companies have done? 
Yes. And it's actually been more recent. Yeah, more recent, uh, I would say, you know, um, what I think they can do, though, a lot is accelerate this diverse workforce just to allow more progression and inclusive cultures. And we started doing that in my where I currently work, which is great to see, um, you know, continue and create resource groups, support systems that focus on LGBTQ. And I know this is an LGBTQ core, but not just that women in leadership, Asian leadership, disability, you know, minorities, everything is very relevant. Intersectionality of, of communities and empower and educate management. You know, um, I've, I've, too many times seen frontline managers and senior managers get uncomfortable because they don't understand. So they shy away, they isolate. And then that person then feels vulnerable because it's, you know, what have I done to, to offend this person? You've done nothing. They just don't know how to communicate with you. So it's having the support system set up um, to kind of empower. But I think, you know, during COVID diversity and inclusion became a very, very, you know, hot boardroom agenda sometimes for the right reason, sometimes for not. And a lot of people put things into strategies and words, but no action. So, so my message is turn your words and strategy into action. Go and do something. Start small, start basic and build upon a bit. Empower yourself, learn. And I keep saying educate, but I, I can't think of anything better than speak to that person. You know, only today somebody came to me uh, and they mentioned about my skin color. Um, and they said, oh, I don't know if I can say that. I said, absolutely, because the only way you're going to learn is by asking me the question so I can answer it and not for you thinking, oh, my God, three different questions to, to skirt around that issue. So don't be afraid. And I'm saying this to our allies. Don't be afraid to ask us. And George, you may have a different view. Ask me if I'm gay. Ask me about my experience. If I want to tell you, I will tell you. But that's for me, that's the biggest compliment because you're trying you're taking time to educate yourself on what's going on in my life. Love that, Harry. Less talk, more action and educate. That leads on nicely because you mentioned allies. What do you think and how do you personally think that people can become better allies for the LGBTQ plus uh, community? Simple answer, be your authentic self, genuinely. And, you know, ask the question you want to ask. You're not going to offend people. You're going to offend me by isolating me and ignoring me and talking behind my back. Be your authentic self, ally in the community. That's what you should strive to do. I don't know what you think, Georgie. No, I 100% agree. I think um, just just being open about it and asking questions, I think this is a, a key theme that's come up with a lot of our episodes is um, just asking the questions and not isolating that person and just... I think it's the language you use is so important as well. Obviously, don't say it in a disrespectful way. Just be open and just ask the question how you would want to receive it, I think, is is my key thing. Um, so just to kind of wrap this episode up, if you could give one key takeaway, Harry, from this episode, what would it be? Oh, God, you guys rock. I feel privileged to be on it. Um, that's two things. Listen, I, I, you've heard me say it. Be your authentic self. Don't be scared. You have communities surrounding you. You just need to find them. But, you know, don't be afraid to be you. Don't be afraid to be you. Thank you so much for the tips, Harry. So to clarify, be you, 
be authentic. And it's all about education, 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 not just for yourself, but for others as well. That's all for today's episode on LGBTQ+, where we covered coming out with our amazing guest, Harry, where we discussed his personal journey, as well as how to create a more inclusive and supportive workplace environment. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you again, Harry, for coming on and speaking so openly about your experiences. And it's been really good to speak on this topic and also share my experiences too. So thank you for that. And I'm sure a lot of people take great value from this episode. And thank you to our listeners for joining us this week. Make sure you're following the podcast on Spotify and feel free to give it a rating and review on Spotify as well. Can I say one thing before you sign off? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I still want to know who the girl singer was, Georgie. I'm not going to let this go. It was Jessie J. Beep <laughs> 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 <Keep> that out. <laughs> no, but thank you very much. I love her too. And for full transparency, Katy Perry as well. There you have it. So keep your eyes peeled for our next guest. The episode should be dropping next month. Thank you again. And we'll see you next time on Diversity and Inclusion. Satisfying the tick box.